never-ending stories podcast about Bob Dylan and um, not the Heartbreakers. I, some of the Heartbreakers. I believe this is uh, a somewhat different band that we're talking about here. Uh, but it's Bob Dylan live in show and concert at Farm Aid 2023. What a spectacular Saturday night surprise. You're Ian. You're, you're Ian, by the way, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know. I'm Ian. You're Evan. You're Steven. Yeah. I'm we, Steve. We, I'm yeah. like, I, I like that you distinguish that this is not the Heartbreakers because there are some uh, distressed 52-year-old men, divorced fathers out there. Who are like, hey, going hey, on hey, the hey, internet. hey, no. Exactly. Hey, My dad total. literally just did that to me. Like, I'm not even kidding. He, I was talking to him on the phone. He was like, "Actually, it's isn't it members of the Dirty Knobs?" And I was the like, "Dirty Knobs." I was like, "I don't know, Dad." It's yeah. Well, okay. So what it is? You've got three members of the Heartbreakers. You've got Mike Campbell, Ben Montench, and Steve Ferroni, who is also in the Dirty Knobs, which is Mike Campbell's band. So the 52 year old divorced dad community. They're going on social media, and they're like, no, this is the Dirty Knobs plus Ben Montench. And it's like, well, okay, hold on. Steve Ferroni's also in the Heartbreakers. I understand, okay, Ron Blair's not there, bass player of the Heartbreakers, and Scott Thurston is also not there. And, of course, Tom Petty isn't there either. Um, can we just call it the Heartbreakers, though? Can we just, like, have yeah, fun? Yeah, we can. That's easy with me. It, it's Let's as just much have fun of the Heartbreakers here. as you can get, you know, on a, I, on a, in a pinch. And that's a lot of Heartbreakers, it turns out. Twelve hours ago, I did not know that the Dirty Knobs was a thing that existed. So I'm plenty happy to go just go with the Heartbreakers here. I, I, I just want to, I don't want to get too in the weeds about, like, the logistics and the statistics here. Because, like, can we just talk about the miracle that this was? And, like, how, where everyone was when they felt, like, I was just, like, I could not believe it. I could not believe this. It was truly unreal. We So we actually did get on Twitter, we got a, a tweet from a guy like five hours or something before this actually happened. He tweeted at us and Harry Hugh and was like, hey, I'm wearing a, a Bob Dylan shirt at, um, at Farm Aid. Someone said... Bob is here and is going to make a surprise appearance. And I saw that tweet come through and I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that's just some goofy drunk guy in a, a cornfield in Indiana or whatever, uh, just saying whatever. And then, and then all of a sudden, a couple hours later, it just hit, it just hit and fucking there he was. And what was so amazing about it was this was being live streamed on YouTube the whole day and you could just pull up a link and see Bob Dylan playing these songs right there right then in like beautiful you know relatively beautiful high definition on the internet sounded great there were lights you could actually see Bob he was right out in front of the stage he wasn't hidden in the black shadows behind a piano it was just standing up holding an electric guitar playing Maggie's Farm Maggie's Farm and there's a sea of people on their phones like I mean just the 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 most improbable not a a yonder pouch in the fucking site no not not a one and i think that's part of what makes it feel so like unreal is just like i didn't think that he would want to i thought his whole thing was he would not want to do something like it's this. like the opposite <laughs> everything about this is the exact opposite of what he's been doing live on the rough and rowdy tour for the last three fucking years at this point that young wily musician has upended our expectations once again <laughs> yeah it was it was incredible i have to say that um I fell asleep on the couch. You were asleep because Evan and I were texting about this and you just we just got no responses from you on the threads. <laughs> I woke up on the couch at like one in the morning and I saw your text and I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? So I didn't see it uh, in the moment. I had to watch it. I watched it when I got up later in the morning. 
after going to bed, then I woke up and I, I watched it. And yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, if this isn't the Heartbreakers, it is the most Heartbreakers-like set that Bob Dylan has played since he was touring with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in 1986. What's That's striking right. about this is not only is he playing these mid-60s songs, and two of which he has not played in a very long time. He hasn't played Maggie's Farm since 2011, and he hasn't played Positively Fourth Street since 2013. The last song, Ballad of a Thin Man, of course, he uh, was playing that up through the end of his 2019 tour. He hasn't been playing it uh, in the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour, and we could talk about whether, like, how we feel about of a Thin Man. I'm not going to complain about it too much, because it was just great to hear him I actually, play it. I, I've got some stuff to say about Thin Man this time, but yeah, go ahead. But, um, you know, it's it's amazing. Not only is he playing these songs, he's playing them like he did with the Heartbreakers, where he is, like, reviving his mid-60s sound. Like, he's, yes. he isn't rearranging these songs. He isn't playing them in the style of the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour. Uh, it's like a throwback to, again, like that rock and roll, almost like stadium rock thing that he was doing with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And I don't know if we want to speculate at all on what this is, because, okay, I'm just going to throw this out there, because we'll, we'll talk about the set here in a minute, but I'm inclined to think that this is a one-off, that he just did this at Farm Aid. Of course, we know the history of Bob Dylan at Farm Aid. It was originally his idea, although it was kind of like an off-the-cuff statement he made about Live Aid, like when he was at Live Aid, saying, it'd be nice if you gave <laughs> yeah, some of this. Some fun yeah, and everyone was mad <laughs> right. at him. Everyone was, like, furious for some <laughs> I just want to say, speculation here quick. Speculation time. What are the chances, you think, that the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour wraps up in 2024, like spring of 2024, mm. then in the summer of 2024, like a dozen dates with the Heartbreakers in arenas. <sighs> they play MSG. They do the Forum. You know, they play maybe ten other arenas, and it's not as though he's going to do another year and a half with the Heartbreakers. Maybe he gets back with his band in the fall, or or maybe he doesn't. But he just does like one big blowout of arenas maybe get bob weir and the wolf brothers you're getting me all hot and bothered over here steven (laughs) i mean i i I don't think that will happen i think this is probably science fiction that i'm throwing or rock and roll fiction um but do you think there's like any chance that would happen is there like a one percent chance that would happen there's a one percent chance it's not there's way more of a chance there's way more of a chance today than there was yesterday uh this is something that just like i never would have Never would have imagined. This seems completely unprecedented based on everything that we know about him and where he's at right now. And he just, he went out there and he did it. Like, why would he do this? As a, like, why would he do this? I think it's well, for like, the farmers. He loves the American farm worker. I, th- I mean, I think, yes, it's. it's you don't think the there's farmers. any, but like, because again, I, I, if I had to bet, I would say this is a one off. But there's a part of me that thinks, why get all these guys together? for a three song set if there isn't something else that something might, more be, going on. might be cooking there was something i saw where someone was you know they overheard some of the on stage back and forth and it seems that at least positively fourth street was completely uh thrown in at just like they didn't know they were going to do it like it was one <laughs> of those times so it's po- oh, wow. who knows what uh they thought they were up there gonna play like how many songs they thought they were gonna play it's kind of ambiguous i think even 
none of us know if this was planned, to what extent it was. I, I really would want to know more about that. Before. Yeah, it is kind of fascinating just to think about how how this sausage uh, might have been made. I I think something there is something to do, obviously, with the farm aid lineup, just like kind of the legacy of farm aid in general, and specifically this farm aid you know lineup this year, which you had Willie, you had Neil, you had Bob Weir, you had Mellencamp. It's like a real like. This is a real, you know, heavy hitter who's who. Yeah, but they're all uh, normally there. Like, yeah, Dave, Neil, like when I saw Farm Aid a dozen years ago, Dave Matthews, Neil Young, uh, Melon Camp, those guys are usually there. So it's not as if, oh, I, like Bob is like, I have to fly out to Noblesville, Indiana, because this is like a unique assemblage of talent. I, it's, uh, you it know, is I don't unique know. to me, it, like just based on to- like like we just saw like Robbie's passing, right? Like how many and Willie's put Willie's over ninety at the, like how many more times are you going to be able to get this collection of people together to play these shows? You know, uh, in in these circumstances, and to me, it's it seems like Bob, you know, kind of realizing that and taking the opportunity to throw his hat into the ring one last time and like. <laughs> kind of one up everyone and just <laughs> fucking like like uh, steal the, steal the show uh, as a completely unannounced guest. Um, I don't know. See the thing, and I'm I'm talking myself into believing this now, even though I don't think it's real. But I'm talking myself into Bob doing like a big summer tour, almost like he's like a thief with one last job. I'm gonna sure. do one last big tour, make a <laughs> bunch of money because. <laughs> With the Heartbreakers, I think he would be playing arenas. You know, I think that automatically bumps him up. And then if you get someone else maybe on the bill too, like a Bob Weir or I'm trying to think of like someone else that would make sense with that. Weir is the one that makes the most sense because you get the deadhead people in there too. Um, that's like a big tour. So I don't know. I have no basis to believe this. I'm just talking myself into uh, well, buying we, into this fantasy scenario. We know pretty much anything can happen. I mean, I think this was a, a, a good and timely reminder of that, that it's like it's not ever worth it to uh, discount what's possible with with Bob Dylan. He's just like still got the, the moxie to pull a, a fast one. And um, between this and the and the complete Budokan set, but <laughs> I, I just has really been an unprecedented like four week run. It's been an unprecedented the- <laughs> couple few years, really. I mean, when you think about it, it's like I, I sometimes it like knocks me back just like how how correct we were to start our podcast at the time we did, because there are periods in Bob Dylan's career where like not much happens and. There's been so much happening in the last few years of Bob. Yeah, if we'd like, started the show in like 20, like 13 or something. We, oh, there's but imagine, so much going on. But then you would have covered like the standards albums as they were. Yeah, coming we would have gotten to the standards. It, we could right. we could have had like Super Bowl pregame like coverage of those of those <laughs> seminal works. I'm gonna throw this out there too. Looking ahead to this upcoming tour that we're all gonna be seeing, we're all excited That's about right. it. Coming yes. very soon. November. Do you think? Do you think that this appearance? says anything about those upcoming shows meaning are we going to see bob playing guitar are we going to be maybe hearing different songs on this tour are we going to be hearing maybe the old this old chestnut of uh speculation i think as long as it's called the rough and rowdy ways tour i i I don't have any reason to expect it to be anything different i think this not being anything related to that is why it's like that and to your point earlier 
if he does do a tour that's late, you know, post Rough and Rowdy Ways tour, and it's with the Heartbreakers or some other uh, arrangement of people, mm, I, I the think dirty it, knobs, the dirty knobs. Um, <laughs> then I think that maybe it would be totally like maybe there are no more yonder pouches. Maybe there are like different types of venues, and I think maybe we'll look back if that were to happen and see like the Rough and Rowdy Ways thing as being really specifically about cultivating an environment for this one piece and like making it about the focused sort of quieter mood of that record but not something that is like indicative of the only way bob dylan wants to ever perform again maybe that this is just kind of like specific to that and he might just go back to something more like the the never-ending tour after. Yeah, I, that's that's a good point. You know, he uh, he he contains multitudes, as he's said uh, himself. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I don't I don't know that this necessarily telegraphs anything different for the upcoming tour, but it certainly makes me much more optimistic at yeah. this point. Like, I don't want to I don't want to psych myself out and believe like he's gonna he's gonna just be on guitar the entire time and he's gonna start playing, um, you know, uh, Joker Man um and dignity for us but it it definitely seems like he's got more he's got more tricks up his sleeve than i thought that he did at this point and that's probably my own like you know bad bad on me for not not believing that bob uh you know had more in mind uh even at this late date can we talk um, about the music though a little bit like about well what... can i just say my thing because you, you yeah, both go ahead. I, I threw out the tour because we'll we'll break down the set here in a minute but the tour thing because that is something that is the thing I'm most intrigued by with this set. Just like, what does this say about what Bob Dylan's going to do next? And I, I tend to agree with you guys in terms of the set list that I think he's going to stick with uh, the set list that we all know by heart at this point. Although I do wonder maybe, you know, like he was doing in Japan, if there is going to be more of like a wild card slot later in the set where he's either yeah. doing covers or maybe he drops in an older song. I'm, I'm, I feel like that might be more of a possibility. We'll see. The guitar playing thing I'm very intrigued by because the thing, like I think the headline of this performance, other than him reuniting with, uh, uh, you know, the Dirty Knobs plus Ben Montent, <laughs> is... Bob playing guitar and like having a ball playing guitar. He like, was great on that fucking thing. And he was like soloing and stuff. Yes. And like, and you could see like Mike Campbell smiling as, as Bob was playing. And, uh, and I just feel like, Oh, you're just going to put the guitar down now. Like maybe, maybe he's not going to play it the whole show, but I feel like it seems like he's vibing as a guitar player. I feel like that's something that, and again, I'm maybe I'm just projecting this cause it's what I want to see, but I, He's having so much fun with the Heartbreakers playing guitar. Can you integrate that into Rough and Rowdy Ways? I feel well, like we saw him play guitar. Yeah, in 2022, he was playing guitar for a couple songs. You know, he he was it was more you know sort of like a prop. He would just kind of play it at the beginning on on Riverflow, I think, and then it would just go away and he would go back behind the piano. But he he did do a little bit of guitar stuff there, and he did I'll the also, cover. Remember when he did. The the dead cover he played guitar. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Friend of the oh, Dead right. playing guitar on that too. Uh, so he's so also, he's played some guitar, but like he's played a little guitar. Yeah. I feel also, like this is the most guitar action. Oh, and he's standing up. Though. I mean, just in years. the drama of seeing him stand up, like with the guitar. The drama of seeing him stand. I mean, Bob Dylan is alive and well and standing in Indiana. <laughs> that was what I put in the tweet. Yeah. That was one of the things I had to highlight there. Not only besides him being at Farm Aid playing fucking Maggie's Farm and on the guitar, the fact that he was standing 
handing was an extraordinary <laughs> yeah uh, uh, leap this forward is like a total his... like parody <laughs> like if you were just to like 20 years back like be making a like mad magazine joke on bob dylan playing now it'd be like fans are ecstatic as bob dylan stands up <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's true and uh you know you try it if it's so easy when you're 82 years old to play a, a rock right. show uh, in front of how, however many people. Harry Hugh, I, I wanted to note, said something really interesting. Oh, what did he say? He said, before last night, when was the last time Bob Dylan played live on stage in front of a crowd with a band that didn't include Tony Garnier? And I think the mm. answer somebody gives was, as a guest at the Springsteen concert in 2003. So that is 20 years. Wow. Damn. The, and that's even, that like, not his show. Like, that's someone else's show that he showed up for. Yeah, so him and Tony have been I, inseparable. That's a that's a really interesting observation. Wow. Do you think Tony felt weird watching that? He's probably happy to see Bob doing that. I think that. He's, he's probably he's, not threatened. He, he's glad that he got a night off. He's been, <laughs> Bob's Bob's a hard Bob's a hard uh, uh, employer for for Mr. Tony. Um, the show, the Rock Show, Maggie's Farm, Positively Fourth Street, Thin Man. Just 60s classics right down the line. Everything that's that's exclusively stuff from 1965 and 1966. I think if uh, if my my math and my memory serves me correctly, um, I love I loved all of them. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I loved Thin Man. That was the sh- that was the shocker for me. Him, like I think we've kind of for me, I've come out the other side on Thin Man. I know our like critique is always like, oh, you should should have stopped playing this in the 60s. It doesn't make sense. You know, when he plays it later, it's a bad look or whatever. The fact that he's still he's still playing it today in 2023, it's come around at Farm Aid. Yeah, yeah it, it it like it has come out the other side, and the way that he played it here, he he took he took this solo at the end of the uh, end of the song. You, you could see like um, Campbell kind of came over towards him and like checked in on him. Was like, all right, are we gonna wrap up the song? And Bob kind of like brushed him off or like kind of gave him a nod. And Cam- you can see a big grin on Campbell's face, and Bob just takes a solo to close the song out. It seems totally, um, uh, you know, uh, spur of the moment kind of decision. The band wasn't necessarily ready to go there. At uh, he 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 killed it. Like he he he's living in that song as much as he ever had. At least in this one <laughs> in this one particular performance of it. It's like if he was playing it at the beginning of his career, like. This is about you don't know what what's going on, and I'm something you haven't seen before, or this there's a new novel thing, and then in the middle of the career, it feels like that's just stale and doesn't really hit the same now it's like he's saying it to the people who think he's done for, and he's like not so fast it's a it's like he's addressing all the people who thought he was finished yeah he like he had to go through all of that kind of low ebb period playing that song endlessly where it didn't work and didn't make sense and was kind of a bummer in order for it to now be emerging on this on this other end. Maybe I'm just kind of high on my own supply and psyched to see him do anything with an electric guitar with this like very classic 60s sound. But, um, it, you know, it, it, it put a fucking mile wide grin on my face. Ben Montench also on the organs. Just beautiful. That, 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 that delightful signature little lick on 4th Street was I brought a tear to my eye mm. yeah 4th Street was my favorite yeah me too One, two, three.
tour and i've said this before the thing i always miss is is keys you know that's piano, right. organ and uh i mean that's another thing like we don't really hear that with bob in the last you know 35 years you know he's not playing with the keyboardist most of the time i mean very rarely playing with a keyboardist and when you have you know a musician of benmont tench's caliber playing the keys it just sweetens it that much more I'm not going to be as rhapsodic about Thin Man as you guys have been. Like That's still a (laughs) song where I'm like, you know, I loved it because it was him playing that song with these these musicians. And I I was so into the moment. He could have played anything and I would have been into it. He could have played If Dogs Run Free and I'd been like, oh, this is the best If Dogs Run Free of all time. Um, But what's interesting to me about that performance is how I think in Bob's mind, he associates different bands that he's played with with different material like when mm-hmm. he would when he plays with the band there's a certain dynamic that goes on like where it's not bob doesn't sound like that without the band and the band doesn't sound like that without bob like they get this sort of uh almost like hysteria sound between them that very 66 tour type sound and then they yeah. do it again in 74 and it was fascinating even though he was playing with the Dirty Knobs plus Ben Montench, how I really feel like he he plugged back into that '86 Heartbreakers very much so type type vibe, and how I think Bob looks at the Heartbreakers as being like the closest thing to his mid '60s incarnation. Like this is a great garage rock band, and when I want to explore that part of my music, these are the guys I'm going to do it with. So it wasn't to me just a matter of oh I'm going to play these famous songs of mine because I'm playing at Farm Aid because I don't think Bob Dylan thinks that way I think he like associates that part of his career now with the Heartbreakers and it probably has something to do with Ben Montench being there He's a brilliant piano player and organist and then of course Mike Campbell uh, being such a sympathetic uh, guitar player and and able to kind of do that thing that like Mike. Uh, Bloomfield or Robbie Robertson did on mm. Highway 61 and Blonde on Blonde. Uh, you know, Campbell's maybe like one of the only guitar players alive now that can play that style of Dylan lead guitar credibly. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful. It's it's amazing to me that they didn't plan on doing Positively Four Street. That, that is so cool that even for this little, you know, three song cameo essentially. 
Dylan is still Dylan. He's going <laughs> to throw his bands for a loop. And these guys are so good that they can just slip right into it and not miss a beat. Absolutely. Touching tribute to Tom also. Uh, I, like, apparently Bob just, like, it sounded like they didn't even, like, announce that Bob Dylan was coming out to play or, and that the Dirty Knobs slash Heartbreakers were the people backing him. Like, people just, like, they just, the lights went up and this is what was happening. Um, but, uh, you know, I really, I don't know, it's it's a very significant, I think, thing for Bob to still be up there doing this kind of thing with you know, Tom's fucking guys, you know, even after Tom has passed, Tom having been the young gun, hot shot, you know, a sex symbol of like the Wilburys back when they were doing their thing 40 years. It's like, I mean, the, the, the longevity of Bob Dylan never ceases to amaze me. And just every time we talk about him, there's a new, just fucking wild way of looking at that. Yeah. I, yeah. Shout out to Bob. I also have to be like Mike Campbell and Ben Montage. These guys are still out there. People should be using these guys as a band. If it's not going to be Bob Dylan, I would love for somebody else to be Mike like... Mike Campbell is using them. It's, it's Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs. Right, exactly. Knobs. That's yeah. true. <laughs> it's the Dirty Knobs. The Dirty Knobs, one on. of the greatest American bands of all time. And then you had Ben Montage. It's uh, even better. When you, when you think about uh, the great bands working today, you know, the list, the list is short, but it's like you got the Dirty Knobs and then everyone else. That's right. Uh, he does, unfortunately, have a little bit of uh, Campbell, you know, great job on the guitar. We loved it. He does have a little bit of like the Johnny Depp syndrome in terms of like a lot of scarves and blazers and like the top hat kind of thing. Don't group him about- in with Johnny Depp, though, because this is Mike Campbell. Like, sure, of course. He's earned the right. He's earned every one of those scarves. Uh, Johnny Depp sure. has earned his scarves. Come on. No. Not as a rocker, though. Not as a rocker. Jo- Johnny Depp is, is, has been through so much. He's earned those scarves. I'm just saying. No, there's, there's, he hasn't there's earned a, the scarves. Uh, I I, I dispute know. that. I, I don't know. I just well, we'll do scarf casts. We'll we'll break that down. You want to know how I got these scarves? No. <laughs> 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 well, if Johnny Depp has earned his scarves, Mike Campbell has earned many more scarves. Okay, so I'll, I'll say that for sure. Who's the so, who's the current you know. scarf king? It's got like, little Steven, maybe. No. Well, there's Lil Steven, and Steven Tyler is another scarf mm. guy. Lil Steven, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he blows Tyler out of the water. And well, he's got, I mean, yeah, he's got, like, the, the pirate shirt, and he's got the bandana. The headscarf is, is what really sets him apart, I think. Well, is it a scarf or a bandana? Yeah, good well, question. You ask him. <laughs> I think it's a bandana, but, like, well, Steven Tyler, though, you know, he, he, he uh, revolutionized the tying the scarf on the microphone. He was the first one to do that. So he did that. So, <laughs> the first one to ever do. That. He was. No, he was. He, that, that's his thing. No, I'm serious though. That's his signature thing. Well, that's like, that's no one... cool because it's like yeah, exactly an extension of his outfit. It's like I don't end at the at the microphone. The microphone is part of me because it has a scarf. Yeah, on he's it. like he's like a a, a fucking uh, cyborg, you know, and, and drawing the microphone into his being via the scarf. Right. I would I would say Steven Tyler's microphone is higher on the scarf hierarchy. Just than the microphone that. itself. I, yeah. I, <laughs> the microphone itself. Yeah. I think wow. is uh, I, I would put it higher on the uh, scarf hierarchy. A brutal, <laughs> brutal own. Uh, okay. Well, if if we've gotten to the point of time where we're talking about Steven Tyler's scarf microphone, be, be calmed microphone that, that probably <laughs> indicates that we have uh, we have done what we needed to do here. Uh, just had to hop on as soon as possible and celebrate Bob Dylan live 
in show in and concert, concert at yeah. fucking Farm Aid in 2023, fronting <laughs> the Heartbreakers. Yeah, the heart- yeah, Heartbreakers. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm sorry. 52-year-old divorced dad. I'm sorry. We're calling it the Heartbreakers. Take it up with Steven, folks. Ron you know, Blair, so, since- Scott Thurston, they would call it the Heartbreakers, too. They understand. So just settle down. Man, he's still on the road. Head for another joint. Yeah, you had to end it with uh, with that one, huh? It's, it's, he's bringing it all back home. I was just going to say, that's my line. Don't you dare miss it. Don't you dare miss it. <laughs> Bring it all back home with Dylan and the Heartbreakers. Just a 
on lecture looks Learned lawyers and scholars If your skills are never said crooks You mean too hard It's got to be Joe's books If it's well read Yes, it's well known 